facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Hey, everybody. That's our regular show music. That means the pledge drive is no longer. But it never really ends because you can always donate to Relevant Radio. And I've got some great news for you. You guys did it. You give yourselves a hand. Reach around and pat yourself on the back because you got us through another pledge drive. We just rolled through our target for the week. During the last hour, we've crossed the $3 million mark uh, that happened on the Drew Mariani Show. And we want to thank each and every one of you uh, who gave from the heart this week. And if you haven't had a chance to do so and you do want to contribute to the mission of Relevant Radio, you can always do that at any time by going to RelevantRadio.com, the app, or calling 877-291-0123. And you'll see all the wonderful Pledge Drive premiums that we still have for you out there. Really excited that more of those St. Patrick's rosaries are going to be made. That's really, really crucial. They were really popular this week. So we're going to get rolling with the weekend. And I am super excited to kind of get back in the groove with producer Jim. And, you know, we were talking about some of our least favorite hymns before the program. And I know Jim is, uh, to put it mildly, not a fan of on eagle's wings. You will lift me up on eagle's wings. If you were singing it, I'd be a fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my bad Elvis impression. I guess it's appropriate because the Eagles are going to be in the Super Bowl, of course, on Sunday, Super Bowl 57. And later in the program, I'm going to talk about the brothers facing off against each other, the brothers Kelsey, Jason and Travis playing on opposite sides of the ball on the uh, and opposite teams also uh, in Super Bowl 57. Of course, Jason, the All-Pro Center for the Eagles, and his younger brother Travis, who had a reality TV show at one point and is... Definitely the best tight end in the NFL right now. Well, maybe George Kittle might have something to say about that. But but Kelsey is a pretty big weapon for the Chiefs. And how are their parents handling this? How are they going to cheer during this game? Their son's playing for different teams. It's never happened before. Brothers playing against each other in the Super Bowl. That's a fun story. But I want to start off with this. And speaking of maybe cheesy hymns, and I hate to say this because I'm always going to get emails by people, hey, I love that song. You know, don't, don't slag these hymns. One bread, one body. Well, some, some of my priest friends, they, they, they tell me that in seminary they used to sing, one bed, one body, because, hey, celibacy, right? Well, believe it or not, even for those called to the sacrament of marriage, a lot of couples out there are doing exactly that. One bed, one body, as in they are sleeping in separate beds, sometimes in separate bedrooms completely. Now, you, you might remember the famous sitcom, I Love Lucy, that aired in the 1950s. Remember Lucy and her real-life husband, Desi Arnaz, who played Ricky Ricardo. At least, can we play the tune? Do you have the tune somewhere, Jim? Yeah, everybody remembers the theme song. Lucille Ball, one of the greatest comedians of all time. And, and during that uh, that sitcom run in the 1950s, it was kind of scandalous for the American public because they were depicted as actually sleeping in the same bedroom as a married couple. Although, although they were not in the same bed, they had separate twin beds. And but that that was that was considered quite quite edgy back then. <laughs> well, man, look look what's happening now. But I don't want to get into that. But what's interesting is this this trend, and, and this is becoming a big thing. Uh, in the New York Times, Rhonda Kaysen wrote a piece about this just today. It came out today, actually. And I had to share this with you because I thought it was so wild that couples are doing this, and they're actually enjoying it. This is becoming a trend more and more every day. So here's my question for you. And our studio line is once again open for you to call in on the Kale Clark Show, 888-914-9149. What do you think about this trend? Hey, if you're married, you know, do you do this? Do you? Would you? Should you? Could you? I, I don't know. I don't know. Let me let me just read read a bit of this, uh, share a bit of this uh, piece with you. And uh, Rhonda Kaysen interviewed a bunch of couples that are, that are doing this. And according to a poll that was taken for the New York Times... 2,200 Americans, so it's a pretty good sample size here, they found that one in five couples are sleeping in separate bedrooms. Uh, Two-thirds of those who do it, they, they do it every single 
night. And in fact, a big thing that's happening, uh, interior designers are making big bucks reconfiguring people's homes, whether it's actual standalone detached homes, whether it's apartments in New York City, whether it's brownstones, townhouses, whatever. They're transforming master bedrooms into separate bedrooms, adjoining. Sometimes there's a little sitting room and adjoining sitting room and couples want their own private bedroom. And this is becoming big, big business for interior designers. So what, what is this all about? And why, why do people even want to do this? Well, there's a few different reasons that they're mentioning these couples that are into this. Blanket stealing. Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> Have you ever woken up? Oh, I'm freezing. Why did you steal the blankets? Devotion to late night TikToking. Maybe, maybe, maybe your partner is spending the entire evening, the entire night, well into the early hours of the evening on the relevant radio app. Maybe they're binge listening to The Faith Explained or The Kale Clark Show or The Patrick Madrid Show or The Drew Mariani Show, any of our fine programs on relevant radio. I don't know. And that's keeping you up. That, 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 that wonderful blue light that maybe you shouldn't be using so late at night, the scrolling all night long and you can't get any sleep. What about snoring? I've been known to do a little bit of that, maybe a lot of that. <laughs> and thankfully, my wife sleeps like a, like a rock. She doesn't even hear it. But snoring is a problem. And actually, if that is your problem, you need, you need to get that looked at. So some marriage counselors, though, are, aren't so sold on the idea that it's a good idea for couples to sleep in separate bedrooms, in separate beds. Catherine Hurtline, who's a professor at UNLV, a great basketball program in the 1990s, the Running Rebels. Remember Jerry Tarkanian chewing on that towel? Anyway, so Catherine Hurtline, who's a professor at UNLV. We have a lot of listeners, by the way, out in Las Vegas for Relevant Radio. It's one of our biggest new markets. Catherine Heitland, Hartland, who teaches there, Hartline, excuse, Hurtline. I, okay, let's, let's try about six more different uh, pronunciations, but it's Catherine Hurtline. She teaches in the Couple and Family Therapy Program at UNLV, the University of Nevada at Las Vegas. She's worried about this. She's worried about this because people will get, she meets with some of these couples and they'll say things like, well, I moved to my own bedroom because I've got back issues. And she's like, did you really? Did you really? Really? It's like Seinfeld. Maybe it's an excuse, she says, to avoid your partner in a certain sense, to avoid talking about big problems at home. or And sadly, there, there are a lot of unhappy marriages out there. And that, that's a tragic reality. And it's, it's a sad thing. And, and a lot of people want to, in a non-confrontational way, get away from an unhappy relationship by just kind of retreating into their own room. And the article mentions, uh, in the New York Times, mentions the famous novel, Anna Karenina, which really starts off with a philandering spouse who gets cast out, cast to the couch. And that is sort of the ubiquitous, the, the iconic symbol of an unhappy marital relationship being banished to the couch. However, <clears throat> In, in, in mass media, a lot of popular TV shows, a lot of popular series like The Crown on Netflix, of course, uh, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip sleeping in separate bedrooms. Downton Abbey, same sort of stuff. But it's, it's a little bit different, though, because th these are, you know, different, different social situations, obviously. Uh, classes of people that have titles, money not necessarily getting married for love. I'm not implying that Queen Elizabeth didn't marry Prince Philip for love. I'm not implying that at all. But but a little bit different for, for most of us um, who are living in the same bedroom, sleeping in the same bedroom, and usually on this in the same bed, but maybe not so much anymore. Maybe not so much. You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. What do you think about this? Have, have you and your spouse actually tried this? Are you, are you into this, sleeping in separate beds? 888 914 9149 is the number to call. 888-914-9149. At any rate, uh, there, there, is a, there is a danger here that, that couples, married couples, can turn into essentially glorified roommates. And another uh, 
official that was interviewed for the piece in the New York Times was Dr. Cheryl Frazier, uh, who's a clinical psychologist. Um, and she um, she said this. she called it a a pink flag when couples do this, when they sleep in separate bedrooms. She says, eh, it's not necessarily a red flag, but it's certainly a pink flag. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about this because there is a healthy amount of solitude that you need in a marriage, for sure. You need some of your own time. You got to go pray. You got to go do some stuff. You got to read a book, whatever. But that can easily become a lot of distance. A little bit of solitude can turn into a lot of distance between you uh, if you're not careful. And Cheryl Frazier actually found uh, in her studies that she's done, and she surveyed over 3,000 couples that are in, that are in long-term relationships, 33 to 40%, up to 40%, say that they are in a relationship in which they have no relations in the biblical sense. I think you know what I'm talking about, but it's a family program, so I'll say no more. In fact, uh, a, a relationship without relations, I'll call it, is is the actual clinical definition of that is is uh, getting together no more than six times a year. So, wow, okay, six times a year. So if he, she, she's concerned, Dr. Frazier is concerned that, hey, if you actually are in a separate bedroom, you're not snuggling, which might lead to other things, uh, that, that might make the numbers drop even more, and, and that not, might not be a healthy thing for relationships. That might not be a healthy thing for relationships. And that's, there is some conflicting data on this, though. There is some conflicting data on this. Uh, there's another survey that was done by the International Housewares Association. Now, I don't know what qualifies them to report on this, but they're into housewares, you know, dishwashers and stuff. But anyways, so they, I don't know, maybe they have some legit statisticians on the team, but they're a trade organization, and they have surveyed couples on this too, and they're finding, they're finding a bit of a different story. 31% of couples who sleep apart, they say that the arrangement has no impact on their relationship. And in fact, 21% say that their relationship actually got better when they started sleeping in separate bedrooms. So what do you think about this? You're listening to The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio, 888-914-9149. So uh, in the piece, uh, a whole bunch of different couples were interviewed uh, on this issue. And again, this was... Um, uh, in the New York Times, written by uh, Rhonda Kaysen in the New York Times. And so what one of the um, couples that was interviewed was this guy named Rich Newhart. No relation to Bob. Uh, I'm dating myself here, but uh, no relation to Bob. And, and he actually says that he feels closer to his wife because they have their own bedrooms. And they live in southern New Jersey in a suburb there. And he said, quote, you're not trying to figure out ways to break away from your family and get your alone time. All right. So that's according to Rich Newhart. Now, his wife, Mrs. Newhart, they actually started sleeping in separate bedrooms when the pandemic hit because, like a lot of people, they were working from home. They were together 24-7, 365. They actually lived in Houston at the time. The home that they were in had an open concept floor plan. You could see everybody everywhere. And... His wife, Karen Newhart, she just she couldn't handle it anymore. She's just like, I, I, I can't take it. So she moved into the guest bedroom because she, she's an introvert. She's an introvert. And in fact, and I'm not making this up, she's actually an interior designer, and she hosts a podcast called Make Space. Make Space. No pun intended. She certainly made some space between uh, she and her husband. And she's like, listen, I'm an introvert. I need to recharge. And that's what I need to do. And, and she loved it. As soon as she moved into her own bedroom, she's like, this is the best because I, I, I got married young, relatively young. I became a mother at the age of 24. I only lived by myself for a brief period of time when I was in college. And she felt, she felt like she kind of missed it. She felt like she kind of missed it. And she says that she lost herself, quote unquote, and that her husband also lost himself when they became parents. And now that their daughter's a little bit older, they're kind of asking themselves, oh, who am I? Who is my husband? What, what am I all about? And so she's trying to, I guess, use this physical space to get into more of, is this a selfish, I don't know, what do you think about this? 888-914-9149, I want your take on this. Could this actually be healthy for a relationship? At any rate, so th this couple, the Newhearts, they, they moved from Texas to New Jersey, and they 
Mrs. Newhart is an interior designer. So she decided to go kind of crazy. So she designed her own decor in her own bedroom. And she decided to use burnt orange and navy hues. I think it's a good choice. Light natural wood tones. That sounds lovely. A bold pattern statement wall behind the bed. And then she actually designed her husband's room. So I don't know if he had any say in this. If it was me, I'd probably want to put like Larry Bird posters on the wall, Bo Jackson or something. But but she decided to design his room with cool blues, grays, darker wood tones. I can just picture it now. It sounds kind of peaceful. Uh, their daughter, who's now six, has her own room down the hall. And Mrs. Newhart said, hey, I want my room to look like my personality. That's really important to me. And I didn't want to mash up our different design styles. I wanted us each to have our own thing. Well, by the way, how much does this cost? If you're thinking of doing it, if you're thinking, Kale, this sounds pretty good. I, I actually want to do this. Well, how much would this cost if you wanted to reconfigure your home like this? Well, they did interview a Manhattan interior designer named Artem Kropovinsky. And uh, uh, he actually reconfigured the top floor of a home in Scarsdale, New York. It was a five-bedroom home. And he, and he kind of reconfigured it so that there were two master bedrooms connected by a, a sitting room. And the reason why this particular couple did this, this is another reason why, why folks want separate bedrooms sometimes in a marriage. Conflicting sleep schedules. Maybe you're on a different work schedule than your spouse. Maybe you're getting up and working the late night shift or the early morning shift and your, your spouse wants to sleep. I don't know. Lots of people are doing shift work, of course. Maybe you're in law enforcement or, or in the medical field, whatever. So it took six months, and it cost around $400 per square foot. So not, not, a, not an insignificant investment. Not an insignificant investment. But for, for a lot of people, it's worth it. It's worth it. And they, they're just not getting a good night's sleep. Snoring is cited by a lot of people as a reason why they want to have a separate bedroom from their spouse. And in fact, there was a, a, another a couple that was interviewed uh, for this. And, uh, this is, uh, the woods, Irma, Irma Linda and Jay Wood, they have actually slept in separate bedrooms for half of their marriage. They've been married for 40 years. And the reason why they, they went to that for the last 20 of those years, because Mr. Wood saws a lot of logs, you know, Mr. Wood saws logs, I guess. And, and he snores really, really loudly. And in fact, Mrs. Wood, she just covers her ears with pillows. She can't take it, can't tolerate it. And she's just like, I've got to have my own room. So she's 67 years old now. Uh, he's 66. They live uh, in a small coastal town south of San Francisco called Pacifica, California. You might be listening to me from Pacifica, California. We have a lot of California listeners. And she said, quote, you have to be practical with your marriage if you want to stay married. You have to understand that you're not always going to be on the same page and you are not always going to be lovey-dovey, end of quote. But she was really worried because of the stigma of not sleeping in the same room as your husband. She was worried about what her parents were going to think about this. So her mom used to give her a lot of grief about it. And then one time, I guess she was sleeping over, she heard Mr. Wood snoring. And then she's like, I totally see why you're doing this. Yeah, I, I give you the green light. Don't don't worry about it. This, you, this is good, a good thing. <laughs> So uh, here's, here's, here's my take on this. Mr. Wood needs to get a CPAP machine. He, he, I, I'm telling you, if you're snoring, if there's major problems with snoring, I've been through it. This could be a serious medical condition. Go to a sleep lab. Get yourself checked out. I, I'm not making that up. That is not a good thing. Snoring is not cute. It means that there's an obstruction in the airway. Get it looked at. Get it looked at. I, I've, I've dealt with this. I was, I've been a big snorer my whole life. Finally realized the, the problem. And I don't know what's going on when I'm asleep, but people, you know, my wife told me, she was scared. I stopped breathing. I was snoring heavily. So I, I went and got it checked out. And sure enough, I've got sleep apnea. I'm using a CPAP machine now. So I'm like Darth Vader, you know, oh. no, it's, it's actually pretty quiet. But uh, anyways, check it out. Uh, but that's another reason, snoring. So um, people are doing this for all kinds of different reasons. Uh, there's, I'll just give you one more little anecdote and then take your phone calls right now. 888-914-9149. What's your take on this? Are you doing this? Could you do it? Would you do it? Should you do it? Is it a bad thing, a good thing? Now, what about what about marital relations? Well, there's there's one couple that was interviewed, uh, the glass couple, and uh, they're looking through the glass darkly, I guess, at each other, and and they don't see marital relations as and sleep as activities that are necessarily connected, and uh, they they sort of when when they when they're going to do that when they're going to do it, uh, it's 
it's not necessarily un, you know it's not necessarily spontaneous they kind of deliberately plan it out okay well let's meet at five o'clock or whatever so and there, there's another couple that they actually they they kind of have fun with it they they sleep in separate bedrooms during the week work week they're concentrating on other stuff and then on the weekend they have sleepovers in each other's rooms which they find playful and add sparks to their relationship i don't know and then, and then they have like one of them had like a mini fridge and hey would you want some snacks here it's like kind of like hosting someone in a hotel I, okay okay I, I okay that's it i'm done with this i want to hear your thoughts on this is it a good idea a lot of people are doing this, this is becoming more and more popular let's go to the phones right now on the Kale Clark Show, 888-914-9149. Mary is in Aurora, Illinois. Hi, Mary. Hi. How are you doing, Kale? I'm great. I'm I, great. I, Thanks for calling. Good. Thanks. Um, I'm one of eight children. My parents um, had a very strong marriage. They slept in separate bedrooms starting at probably uh, eight years into the marriage. Mm. By that time, my mom had six little kids running around. Wow. My dad snored like a fire truck. She had to get some sleep. So mm-hmm. they, so once they had separate bedrooms, that that was just the way that she went for the duration of their marriage. And they were married, I think, fifty six years wow. before my dad died. Yeah, marriage. yeah, and that's a great yeah. point too. Coming from a big family, when you have a lot of kids, especially there are seasons in life. There are seasons in marriage, obviously, and you know when, when there are a lot of young children running around, it takes a lot of energy, and and you're tired. You need your rest. You need your. We all need our rest, and we probably, on average, I would say Americans probably don't sleep enough, but they don't exercise enough either. But but getting proper sleep is crucial for recovery, for health, for thinking straight. You know, you know it. I mean, you know it. I know it. We all know it. And, and that I'm sure that she was able to actually to do that, especially with the snoring. Again, that, that's one of the, the big issues that comes up when, when couples choose to do this. I should also point out that this is very common in certain religious communities as well. If you're an Orthodox Jew, for example, very common. Uh, two separate beds. I was watching this um, really great Netflix series. I've talked about it on the show before. It's called Shtizel. Shtizel. And you can find it on Netflix. It's about an Orthodox Jewish family. And it's, it's really good. Like, there's no bad stuff in there. There's no uh, overt sexuality. There's no cursing. There's no nudity. It, it's a really uh, great family story. I really liked it. And, and it centers around this, this rabbi and, and his wife, and they, they're sleeping in separate beds. And they, you know, that's, that's how it goes there. There are certain, you know, purity things that happen and stuff in different times of the month. And uh, that's about all I want to say about that right now. But uh again a lot of other couples are doing this and they're finding it beneficial patrick is in oxen hey austin patrick welcome back two days in a row how you doing yeah i appreciate you taking my call so so you've already nailed uh it i think as far as the number one reason and it is snoring i I know more couples that just you know they they love each other but they just can't handle the snoring anymore yeah but Mm -hmm. uh for me it was my wife was a night owl and I was an early go to better mm-hmm. and yep. we we put up with it for as long as we could until finally uh, one of our children moved out to go to school and there was a vacant bedroom now so so I went to bed early and she continued her night owl and we were married for 18 years but shortly thereafter about a year or two after we we did not sleep together anymore uh, she divorced me so I, I'll leave it up to you and your judgment whether you think uh, Oh. Uh, that was a good idea or a bad idea or, mm. or, or what? But uh, anyway, it, it didn't it didn't end up uh, uh, being a good good thing. So, but well, I understand Patrick, why people do it. Yeah, Patrick, I, I am so sorry to hear about that, and and that 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 is one of the the issues that one of the marriage therapists that was interviewed in the piece said. You know, to to her, she said it was kind of a red flag or at least a pink flag. She said that it could be a sign of something deeper too. So there's that angle too. There's that angle as well, and and. There are lots of different reasons, and, and you, you, you named, of course, shift work and, and just night owl-ishness, and uh, uh, I, I do this a lot, too. I, I'm a night owl, and I wake up my wife all the time in the middle of the night. She's like, why are you waking me up? It's like, sorry. So I, there's many issues, many reasons. Is it a good thing? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really want to try it myself, but, but maybe, maybe you guys do. All right, let's go to Raul in Phoenix. Hi, Raul. Hello. Hey, when you were talking, the... mm-hmm. well, my pleasure, and thank you. Um, love your 
show, and thank you for coming on. And your sense of humor, of course, is is great. What I wanted when you were talking though, what uh, about uh, separate beds and separate mm-hmm. rooms? What uh, reminded me is of the uh, the show, the Dick Van Dyke show. Okay, um, mm-hmm. it was uh, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Taylor Moore were lived in the had the same bedroom, but they were in separate beds. Mm, yeah, yeah, that might yeah, be before that, your time. Well, that, that, again, that was a, that was a big thing on television. That was uh, that was you know for for a long, long time. There was it wasn't as I mentioned with with the Lucille Ball show. I love Lucy. There was there were never there was never a depiction on screen of 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 married couples even in the same room sleeping, and then it became Lucy and and Ricky Ricardo in in twin beds in the same room, and of course now it's kind of a free for all. But yeah, the the the, the mores in media have have certainly um, um, gone in a certain direction. Let's let's put it that way. And hey, I, I appreciate that so much. That call, Raul calling from Phoenix, Arizona, home of Super Bowl 57. That's going to happen. It's kind of the American cultural get-together uh, this Sunday. Don't forget to go to Mass, though. It's in the evening. You have no excuse. Get to Mass. Go to a morning Mass. You can do it. And actually, we're going to talk about two brothers facing off in the Super Bowl and their parents and how they're handling it uh, after the break here on the Kale Clark Show. So if you're on the line, you want to talk about this, we will get back to this. We will get back to your phone calls. So please hang on. Father Lawrence, I see you there. Hang on the line, 888-914-9149's Kale Clark Show. We'll be right back after this brief message. Stay tuned. Explaining the Catholic faith and how you can live it and share it, too. It's Kale Clark on Relevant Radio. Hey, welcome back to the program. Before the break, we were having a great discussion about whether married couples, whether it's healthy for them to sleep in separate bedrooms. It's a big trend today. Big article about that today in the New York Times. Wanted to hear what you thought about that, and you guys had some really hot takes on this. And we will get back to your calls. So Father Lawrence, Jessica, Mark, Mary, hang on the line. We will get to you as soon as we can. If you want to call in with your take, 888-914-9149. We'll get back to that in just a second, but I want to make sure that we get this in. And by the way, I want to mention too, we made our target in the Give from the Heart pledge drive. You guys came through as you always do for us. Our listeners are the best. We crossed the $3 million mark, which was our target to, to keep in operation for another quarter here on Relevant Radio. We only do this four times a year. We don't want to bombard you all year long. Although the need is constant, the need's always there. So if you if you didn't get a chance to give and you wanted to give a tax deductible gift to Relevant Radio, you can call 877-291-0123 or go to relevantradio.com, the Relevant Radio app. It's always easy just to tap the app and get in and out of there quickly and securely. And there's lots of pledge drive premiums that you can look at, come in at different giving levels. We're gonna send you a corresponding gift. And I think you'll love them. They're really, really good this year. And they really outdid themselves with these with these pledge drive premiums. So check it out. But this uh, this Sunday, of course, is the Super Bowl. Uh, billions of people will be watching, no exaggeration, all around the world between the Philadelphia Eagles, Drew Mariani's team, his hometown team, and, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. And we had Kansas City Chiefs chaplain Father Richard Rocha on the show uh, earlier this week, and uh, he's such a great dude. We had such a great time talking to him. And I, I, I personally... I'm going to give my, I'll hold off on the picks for just a second. I'll tell you how we're doing as a staff with our playoff picks. But uh, it's tough to choose between these two teams, and that is definitely the case for Mr. and Mrs. Kelsey because Ed and Donna Kelsey are the parents of Jason Kelsey, who is the all-pro center for the Philadelphia Eagles, and Travis Kelsey, his younger brother, who's an all-world tight end and their sons are going to be playing against each other in this year's Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona, in the Phoenix area. And uh, the Kelsey brothers actually have a podcast called New Heights with Jason and Travis Kelsey. And they've certainly reached new heights. No two brothers have ever done this, played against each other in the Super Bowl. And they actually talked to their parents. because They were trying to get their mom to do the ceremonial coin toss at the Super Bowl. So here's what she had to say, Donna Kelsey. There are so many legends and people that have 
that have their blood, sweat, and tears on that field. And for a mom that's never played football, I don't think that's the right place for her to be. I think you're discounting moms I think, of, yeah. of, of every you're player a who's ever played. Mom right here. Well, here's here's a. I don't know if I would All be a distraction. Would I be a distraction out there for you for you guys? No. Coin flip or not, win or lose, and one of her boys will lose. Donna is beaming with maternal pride. How can it get any better than this? It's going to be the best the best day ever. Uh, except for when you were born. Both you guys were born. That, that's, oh, it can't get any thanks, better. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> hey, Producer Jim, I actually thought that was you talking when, when Travis Kelsey came on. You sound almost exactly like him. <laughs> and, and, and you look kind of menacing, too. You got the beard, and you know, you're kind of, you've been doing all these ultra marathons, getting yourself in shape. I, I, listen, I, would, I wouldn't want to be tackled by you, Producer I'd love Jim, to be out you. on the field, but I would be in major pain. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we've got another clip uh, from the New Heights podcast with the Kelsey brothers and their parents. Check this out. Who are you talking to first after the game? The winner or the loser? Uh, probably the loser. You have any reason for that, or somebody's going to feel pretty crummy? Yeah, and I want to, and I want to be with him initially. I will be on the field for you, Travis. Uh, Jason will have his family on the field, so no, I won't be on the field for Jason. Is that why you're rooting for Travis? Mm. I didn't say Should've that. Got her oh, Jason, I can Should have got her credentials. Oh my goodness. Ed and Donna Kelsey making history as the first parents to have their sons play against each other in the Super Bowl. All right. Well, for the Kelsey parents, uh, it, it's a really tough balancing act cheering for their kids. And Sam Farmer in the L.A. Times uh, interviewed uh, the Kelsey parents about this. And unfortunately, they were divorced 10 years ago. Uh, Donna Kelsey lives in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Ed Kelsey uh, lives outside of Philadelphia. They worked out a system so that they could be at least one of them could be in attendance for uh, each of their son's NFL games. Divide and conquer approach is kind of how that how that went out. And for the Super Bowl, one parent is going to stay at the Kansas City Chiefs team hotel. The other parent at Philadelphia's. I'm not sure which parent is staying where, but the way that they normally attend games didn't quite work out for the playoffs. So both Ed and Donna were in Kansas City. And uh, both of them were in Philadelphia for the NFC Championship game. So for the prior round, they were both in KC for the NFC Championship game, AFC Championship game weekend. They were both in Philadelphia. But the, the cool side of that was that Philly played the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game and, and dominated them when San Francisco lost about a million quarterbacks in that game. But what happened after that game, actually Jason Kelsey from the Eagles got to go to a pub with his parents to watch the second game involving Travis, which was the night game against the Cincinnati Bengals, and they went to Chickies and Pete's. I'll have to ask Drew Mariani if that's a good establishment. So they went to Chickies and Pete's to watch uh, Travis for Kansas City play against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and Donna wore a, a jersey that was half Eagles, half Chiefs. Uh, Jason actually wore a Chiefs T-shirt, which he dramatically ripped off his body at the end of the game because he could only stomach being a Chiefs fan for so long. But uh, they had a great time, and they, they really do love each other. But they've certainly had their moments, as brothers do. Uh, maybe you came from a home with, with brothers, and they they grew up in a sports-crazy home outside of Cleveland, and they first were fans of hockey, then they kind of get into baseball and basketball, and football was kind of their, you know, obviously where they both decided to, to get, you know, so deep into it that they wound up playing in college and in the pros. There's a famous incident that Ed Kelsey talks about when they were 14, Jason was 14, Travis was 12. They got into a fight that kind of, it started off in the basketball, you know, on the, with the basketball hoop in the driveway, words were exchanged some pushing and shoving, carried into the kitchen. Their dad was trying to cook a casserole. He's trying to separate them. And he was really worried because he saw all the kitchen countertops, 90 degree corners. Somebody could fall, get seriously hurt. He didn't like the way this is going. Ed said, I do not want an ER visit right now. I can't afford that. I'm yelling at them to stop. And in fact, at one point, as they were struggling, the oven door came open, the casserole came out, crashed to the floor. So Ed decided to take matters into his own hands. He grabbed both of them, dragged them to the floor. They landed in a heap. And then Ed did a serious acting job. He screamed out when he hit the floor, oh, my back, my back. And then all of a sudden, the boys weren't mad at each other anymore. They were concerned about dad. And he said, there wasn't a darn thing wrong with my back, but I did end the fight. 
And so, anyways, they, they continued on. They both played at the University of Cincinnati. They were both drafted by Andy Reid because Andy Reid, of course, being the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles for many years before he went over to the Chiefs. So he was responsible for the selection of Jason in the sixth round in 2011. And two years later in Kansas City, Travis went to the Chiefs in the third round. So how about that? Well, listen, we got to make our staff picks on the Kale Clark Show for the Super Bowl. So, uh, Producer Jim, let's 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 pull Patrick A-Log in here. Let's get him off the phones for a second. By the way, you can still call in, 888-914-9149. Who do you think is going to win? Well, let me give you the let me give you the rundown. This is uh, kind of shameful that I'll have to admit this, but uh, my record so far in the playoffs is uh, here's my picks. <laughs> it's six and six. So I'm uh, not exactly Jimmy the Greek here. I'm only at the 500 mark. A log, is keeping me company. He is also six and six. Unfortunately, yes, Kale, I'm tied with you. Yes, yes, but uh, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see who we pick and. If we pick the same team, it's still going to be tied, probably. So, yes, it will. <laughs> you know, uh, I was sick the day they taught math, as I always <laughs> say, but I think I can figure that out. Go ahead, A-Log. What were you going to say? Okay, well, I was going to pick who... I was going to pick the opposite team, just so I could beat you. <laughs> I mean, I can't... It's a we risk. Can't, we can't beat Jim. Jim's ahead of us. He's 9-3. Yeah, three, yeah Jim is 9-3. So, there's no... Three. So, I'm just going to go for second place. So, <sighs> I mean, if and, we pick the yeah. same team, Kale, we're going to be tied. <laughs> Jim was just laughing his way. By the way, there was no money exchange in this. This is a charity. We can't we can't give each other gifts for winning. Just a pat on the back and a well done. Just good fun. Um, and yeah, it's just for fun. Just just. Uh, but Jim does have bragging rights right now. He had the Super Bowl pick correctly as well. He did pick the Eagles and the Chiefs. He's been seeing wearing his Chiefs winter hat. We call it a toque here in Canada, all around the office. Rich Gannon, our resident NFL expert, former MVP of the league, who's on the show recently. He is 10-2 and two with his picks, although I, we do have to quibble with Rich because Rich changed his pick in the NFC from San Francisco to Philadelphia before the game started. He was right. He proved to be prescient on that one. But uh, when he was on the show, he picked San Fran to get the Super Bowl. He changed it. I guess he's allowed to do that. Philip Rivers, another NFL legend, was on uh, Morning Air yesterday on the program. He is calling the Eagles 31-30 in a very close game. All right, guys. Jim, oh. since you're the Swami right now, what's your call for this? You know, I think the uh, the defense for the Chiefs has been on and off, hot and cold, but I think it's going to be the X factor, and I've got the mm. Chiefs winning this one 34-21. 34-21. Wow, okay. Patrick Alog. You know what? I've been trying to use logic to pick. Not anymore. I'm just, going, I'm just picking the team who I want to win, and that's the Eagles. The Eagles. All right. Yes. Now, what, what you got a score for me? Uh, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Thirty-one twenty-seven. All right. Rich Gannon. Who is he picking? We looked it up. Rich couldn't join us today. He's on Radio Row at the Super Bowl right now with Sirius XM. Uh, do you know what his pick is, Patrick? Yes, he's picking KC. He's going KC. Did he have a score? No, I, I I didn't okay. see a score. Good man. Okay, I know. Well, Rich is a big uh, Patrick Mahomes fan. Of course, Rich is a former. Kansas City Chiefs quarterback as well, one of the teams he played for. I am also going with the Chiefs because I think Philadelphia has the better all-around team, but Kansas City has the two best players in the game in Kelsey and, of course, the MVP of the league. He just won it in the NFL honors last night, Patrick Mahomes. I think they get their second Super Bowl. And I think Chiefs kicker, he's a Catholic. And is I'm I just my brain is is totally unplugged right now. Harrison Butker, he's a very very he's an altar server. He's he's big time into the uh, into the Latin Mass. Plays for the Chiefs and he's going to drill the winning field goal. Thirty twenty seven Chiefs. So there you have it. All right, Kay. Well, one of us will be second. One of us will be third. Yeah, there, there you go. That's that's that's, <laughs> that's the only drama you... left between the three of us here at this that's, point. That's the only drama. <laughs> that's the only drama. Well, listen, we'll we'll see how it goes, and uh, and I am always second because actually I'm I'm always third because hey, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. That's the way mm -hmm. it should go, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. A little spiritual lesson for you there. <laughs> how no matter what, it may be. no matter that's how what, you spell lots joy. Of good food. <laughs> yeah, lots of good food. Lots of good food. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite Super Bowl recipe? I don't know. Kansas City Barbecue. Kansas City Barbecue <laughs> or Philadelphia. What, what's cheese, what, cheese steaks? Cheese, very, very cheese steaks. steaks. How, could, how could I forget that? Yeah. The Bills didn't make it, so no Buffalo Wings maybe next year. But anyways, let's get – thanks, guys. I appreciate those picks, and we'll, we'll see how the game shakes down. 888 
888-900-9149 is the toll-free line to talk to me for free on the Kale Clark Show. Now, before we got into our Super Bowl picks, we were talking about this concept of uh, married couples sleeping in separate bedrooms. Is this a healthy thing for them? Is it not? You guys had a lot of takes on that. Let's go back to the phones right now. Father Lawrence is calling from Port Austin, Michigan. Hello, Father. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Thanks for calling Hi. in. It's great to have a priest call in, and uh, and thanks for waiting so patiently on the line. Oh, sure. Yeah, I somehow stumbled across your radio station and uh, had to call in earlier, but... But uh, you know the Eagles are going to take it. You know, don't don't you think uh, Eagles isn't that the symbol for John's gospel? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I, I, it's very biblical, and they're a solid all-around team. They they really are. And it was also interesting that that Eagles coach Nick Sirianni has been. He was interviewed by ESPN, and he was talking about the various coaching stops he's made throughout his career. And he was very open about how he thought God was leading him to every place that he's been, and and, and God had different things in store for him at every in every stop where, where he's worked and, and things he wanted to reveal to him. And, and I, I just, it's really interesting to me after the DeMar Hamlin incident and prayer became such a topic and people were openly praying for him and his recovery that secular news outlets yes. like ESPN are actually publishing interviews where people are openly saying things like this. And I think that's a good sign that, that we're more open to the spiritual. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 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 And your, your question about, uh, the marriage there, you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah. isn't it, a, isn't it, isn't it about communications? Like uh, the key, key to communication. So uh, John Paul, the first, the smiling Pope, I think his name was Albino mm-hmm. Luciani. He said, marriage yeah. is like a bird cage. Those who are <laughs> in are dying to get out. And those who are out who are not married are dying to get in the bird cage. Uh, I've never heard that analogy. That's, that's a good, that's an interesting analogy. Yeah, yeah, it, it was for, for well, the thirty-month pope, and yeah. much like half and half the cream, you know, that uh, for coffee mm-hmm. or whatever, half and half, you know, the the couples have to communicate, and uh, with marriage encounter, engaged encounter, and um, retrovi, couples mm-hmm. who are ready to throw in the towel with divorce, those Catholic groups, the Catholic marriage encounter, uh, their forty-four hour weekends to mm-hmm. get people to communicate. So they write, they do journals and so forth. Yeah, it's it's interesting that that, uh, that you mentioned that because obviously as a priest, you probably counsel a lot of married couples and do a lot of pre-marriage courses, a lot of pre-cana courses. And given, I, I, how long have you been a priest, Father? Of 49. Wow. Years. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, guy. I would say, <laughs> I would say any priest who's been a priest for, especially a few decades, probably knows a lot more about marriage than any married couple does, because I only really know about my own marriage. I mean, really, I mean, I, 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 that's the one I experience every day, but you get to see couples at various stages in their relationships and dealing with various problems. So what, what advice would you give about this and, and just about communication in general, like you said? To keep talking, keep talking, uh, to write, you know, with the marriage encounter, engaged encounter, retrovive, there was a question that the couples had to write about and then talk about for 15 minutes, and they would have to listen without interrupting each other for those 15 minutes on what they wrote. They, so they would read it back to each other, the question, you know, how are you feeling mm-hmm. today? How was your work day? Uh, how, how's the marriage going, you know? Feeling like the birdcage, you know, <laughs> you know, in the sense of, uh, you know, not not wanting to um, uh, long suffer, you know, the uh, the s- keep stay, mm. keep the stay of the course and long suffering if there is a trouble in the marriage. And your your thing there about uh, space and couples sleeping separately, yeah, whatever works, whatever works is key to communications and. Uh, some people mm-hmm. need their space, and then there's a new light that shines when they get uh, eight hours of sleep alone. Yeah, getting proper sleep, it, I'm learning more and more about how crucial that is uh, to to one's health, and, and so many factors are impacted by that. And and Father, thank, thank you very much for that advice. I, I really appreciate that, and our listeners, I'm sure, do as well, because uh, you've seen it. And, and just th- those communication skills, talking and and. and being in communication and listening, I think most especially active listening is something that are skills that we all need to work on more and more. So, Father, thank you. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. God bless 
Yeah, God bless you. Keep, keep up the good work with the radio. Th- thank you very much, and call back anytime. That was Father Lawrence in Port Austin, Michigan. Let's go now to Chicago, Chi-Town. Jessica is there. Hi, Jessica. Hi, happy Friday. To all yeah, thanks. To all of those who are going to sleep with their husbands and wives tonight. <laughs> I am in shock. I am in total shock because I feel that if you are in the point where you want to sleep in a separate room, there's already a problem because mm. I'm a late person. My husband wants to go to bed early, but he likes to be scrolling in his phone and he snores uh-huh. really loud. <laughs> but I cannot imagine not sleeping with him, not waking up with him. It's it's like my the best time for we've been together for 18 years and i cannot imagine we talk about this like when people get older i don't Uh know why a lot of people do move to separate rooms or separate beds i Mm -hmm. I don't understand why and we talk about this before and i'm like i don't care how old we are we're still gonna sleep together like i really Mm -hmm. can't imagine unless you're already having Maybe a problem. You rather be alone. I to me, I can't. I can comprehend why. Why would you want to sleep? This is why you're teaching to your kids. You want to be together. Show them how strong of a team you are as parents, and mm. show them that this is the time when we're talking, we're winding down, we're planning our next days or things mm-hmm, that we're mm-hmm. gonna do. I yeah. feel that if if I have to sleep in my own room, it would be very lonely. <laughs> and I think, I think some of the stuff that you're saying, Jessica, about, I think it's really interesting that, and I think it's important that, that married couples sort of exhibit and display a healthy relationship in front of their kids. Because if their kids are called to marriage themselves one day, a lot of the way that people deal with their own marriages is because of the lessons that they learned at home for good or for ill. And we tend to take that stuff with us into our own marriages. And sometimes we have to unlearn things that maybe weren't helpful things or helpful patterns of relating. And, and sometimes we get you know, great examples that we can really learn from and emulate. And, and just, I think it, it's so important. And so uh, for parents to model a healthy relationship in all aspects uh, to their kids and, and, uh, and that may involve, you know, and I'm not saying that people who, I think there there obviously are real reasons. I know some of you guys are passionate on the other side. I know some of you guys are going to call in saying, hey, I actually think it might actually be healthy for us, for us, for our in our particular case, to not sleep in the same rooms for various reasons, whether it be health-related or schedule-related, whatever it may be. 888-914-9149 is the number to call with your take. But, but for Jessica, she can't even imagine not sleeping uh, in the same bed as her husband, even though he snores, even though he snores. She forgives them. All right, let's go to Mark in Eureka, California. Hi, Mark. Hi, Kale. Uh, well, first of all, uh, Lucy and Ricky did sleep, and there was a space between their beds. There was a space, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, posted I a picture of it on Twitter, yeah. Were, I think you implied they were pushed together, but I don't remember that in the show that I saw. There was always I, a, I, no, I, I, I did my mom about it. I remember asking my mom, and she said, that's the way they used to sleep together, so... That was that's interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. But most of the people I th- I think that called in and said it worked out for them were married for some years. They were older, mm-hmm. and I don't think that the shrink was concerned about them necessarily. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that the trend. I know for me, the snoring was the beginning, but we were kind of on the outs anyways, and okay. I do think that it's it's a it's a red flag for younger mm. couples and the mm-hmm. priest that called in god bless him he had a great point i think when you communicate sometimes you just got to keep your mouth shut and listen to what take turns and really listen because when you start to yell it's a fear of being shut off and that yeah. the other per- you're not yeah. being listened and the other person's going to cut you off and if you can mm-hmm. have an agreement to talk so it sounds like you get it, and that's just what I wanted to lay out. Yeah, that, that's, he that's a, a great point. He he did he did, and and thanks for that for that take too, Mark. And yeah, it's it's really interesting, and that's true 
in all types of relationships, workplace relationships, marriage relationships, friendships, parent-child relationships. When somebody resorts to yelling, it here's what happens, especially if you're if you're a parent and you're talking to a, a child. When you start yelling at your child, now you might be amped up or something like that, but but here's what happens. The the there's a part of the brain that that controls the fight or flight mechanism. And essentially when you start yelling at your kid, they're just they just go into survival mode. They're not necessarily even listening to anything that you're saying. They're just trying to survive the encounter. And the frontal lobe where all the thinking happens just kind of goes offline for a little bit. So that that's something to think about. And I think that's probably true in adult relationships as well. When somebody's being yelled at, they're not we can't always control it. We are human. We we do make mistakes, but but I think it's active listening, not just passively listening, saying, what's my next chess move here in the conversation? <laughs> as soon as they're done talking, I'm going to jump in, you know, rook to pawn four or whatever. But to actively listen, and, and there's different levels of listening too, where it's what they're saying, but then if, you, if you're really good at it, you can get behind what they're saying to what their real pain points are and what their real needs are, what they're really afraid of what their real fears are. And that, 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 that's another conversation for, for another day, obviously. But, but you raised some amazing points. Let's go to David now out in California. Hi, David. David, are you there? Hey, David. Yes, I am. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I've got you now. You're on the air. Great. So I'm listening. I'm driving home from work, and I'm listening to the conversation. And, uh, you know, my wife and I have been married for almost 20 years. And oh, we, congrats. unfortunately, were not able to have children. Mm -hmm. Um. My wife suffers from restless leg syndrome and oh. RLS. And if you're familiar with it or not, uh, basically she runs a marathon every night. Whoa. And it's not, it's not conducive for sleep. She has a hard time <laughs> I can't sleeping. Imagine. And for me, I've got to get my sleep. And, you know, we love each other immensely. We're committed to one another. But for us, because of our situation, you know, we started out sleeping in the same bed and then it just came to the point where we just said pragmatically, look, spare bedroom, I'm going to go in here because I've got this issue and you've got to get your sleep. And, mm -hmm. you know, for us, we look at the bedroom as a place to sleep. We get our yep. rest and we wake up, we love each other and we spend our lives together. And that's what works for us. And yeah. it's not that mm -hmm. we don't love each other. It's not that we're not committed. But for us, we, we don't have much of a choice. We've got to get our rest. Absolutely. You need your rest. And if she's running an ultra marathon every night in her sleep, that that's not exactly conducive to that. So that, that's that's one of those understandable situations in which you can see why it's actually better to maybe have those separate bedrooms. And a, lot, and a lot of it is, let's face it, a lot of this is a cultural construct. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But in different cultures, they handle it in different ways than they have throughout the throughout the ages. And I think one thing that's that that's probably true for everybody, though, is not trying to keep work out of the bedroom, I think is really important that, that it should be for relaxing. It should be for connecting with your spouse and sleeping and resting. I, I'm a big proponent of the idea of, of different spaces for different purposes. Work, you know, have a little, maybe a prayer corner in your home and not, not trying to get too, especially when you're working from home, you can really blur the lines. Well, listen, thank you guys for joining. If you didn't get through a call back on Monday, it's Kale Clark show on relevant radio. God bless you. Take it away, Michaela. Thank you for listening to my daddy.